good friend of mine is an American history teacher at a large Chicago area high school. He also happens to be a musician, and these two interests grew up together in his life, and they found a focal point in protest music in the 20th century, especially music protesting the Vietnam War. And as the Vietnam War is still relatively, relatively recent past, the last section of his course each spring is about music and memory, and thus the connection between history and music. And in his research for this, he discovered a group that's called, uh, aptly enough, Music and Memory, and he sent me some videos to watch. These videos are quite astounding. They're called Alive Inside, and these document how listening to music can arrest or even, to some extent, reverse the effects of dementia and Alzheimer's. So there's one video. Uh, there's a man in it named Henry, and he's been in a nursing home for 10 years. And a nurse approaches him, and when she first greets him, he's almost entirely unresponsive. He can barely lift his head up as he's sitting in his wheelchair. And then he's kind of surly, insisting, I'm okay, I don't need anything. And uh, voiceover explains he's suffering from acute dementia. And then they put earphones on him and start to play music from his childhood. And after a short time, he begins to hum along. And his humming gets more and more energized, and his upper body starts to move in time to the song. And then at a certain point, the nurse returns and tells him, I'm going to remove the earphones now. And he's a little reluctant about this. He's really enjoying himself. But he goes ahead with it. And then there's a researcher who starts asking him questions. Do you like music? Oh, yeah, I'm crazy about music, he says. All of a sudden, he lights up like this. What was your favorite music when you were young? Oh, I guess Cab Calloway was my number one band, he says. And then uh, he's asked what his favorite song is by Cab Calloway. And he breaks into a soulful and playful rendition of I'll Be Home for Christmas. He's suddenly a completely different person. And uh, then there's a, a short clip of the late psychologist Oliver Sacks who says, music has in some sense restored Henry to himself. And this memory was restored by the connections of music. I'm sure we've all experienced something like this, hearing a song from our past that suddenly conjures up all kinds of uh, feelings, faces, uh, experiences. So just Friday in the supermarket, there was a song that came on. The brothers uh, will tell you that whenever I'm out in public, if any music is playing, I immediately know about it, even if the rest of the group can't hear it. Um, it was a song I don't much like, actually, but I was immediately connected to my old self, uh, not in the theological sense, but just in the human sense. I remembered something about myself from 1986 and uh, about why I am who I am today by this impulse of music. And this is one important reason why the liturgy is always musical and why we shouldn't tamper too much with the musical heritage bequeathed to us because once we get used to the old chants and so on, they will begin to speak to us about certain types of experiences we have in the liturgy. Now, I'm actually more interested in the memory part of this than I am in the music part. I just use that as an example. Here's a question I have. Why are some things easy to remember and some things difficult? So why is it that I'm likely never to forget as long as I live how many home runs that Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and Willie Mays hit? But if you tell me the name of the New Zealander who holds the record for the most number of rugby tries and how many he scored, I'll probably forget that in about five minutes.
Why is that? Uh, this is in part because I didn't grow up playing rugby, but I did grow up playing baseball, and I love the game. And so there's a kind of spirit of baseball that inhabits me, and it creates a whole network of associations in my memory. It makes it easy to remember all kinds of things about baseball, uh, all kinds of players' names, strategies, pitches, and so on. So the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. So by reminding us of all that Jesus taught, the Holy Spirit restores us to ourselves, much as music did for Henry. The Spirit inhabiting us creates a whole network of associations from Scripture, from the liturgy, from the lives of the saints, from the examples of holy persons we've known. And we more easily recall who it is that we are, what it is we're supposed to be doing, how we are to think and comport ourselves, how to put our Lord's teachings into practical practice. Now, part of what we need to remember in me saying this, that we're restored to ourselves by the Holy Spirit, is we have to know who we mean by ourselves. Who is this I that the Holy Spirit restores to me? Because it's not the old Adam that partakes of the spirit of this world. It's the new man created in Christ's image. That is who we truly are. The most important thing that ever happened to each of us here was our baptisms, when we became members of the body of Christ and were given ourselves back by the Lord. The most important thing you're going to do this week will be receiving Holy Communion today. And yet, we all know how difficult it is to remember these events, our baptism, Holy Communion, as central to this new identity we have in Christ. Because as soon as we walk out the door, uh, or even in the case of us monks, as soon as we go back to the cloister, myriad distractions start to fill our minds. Uh, we become filled with the spirit of the times if we're not careful and vigilant. A spirit of anxiety, a spirit of suspicion, faction, incivility, pomposity, self-importance, uh, these crowd out the voice of the Holy Spirit. And to this, St. Paul says, do not quench the Spirit. Christ is alive in us. Just as Henry was alive in Henry somewhere, Christ is alive in us. But we have to be vigilant not to let this life atrophy from disuse. Two weeks from today, we're going to celebrate Pentecost, that great day on which the Church received the Holy Spirit and remembered all that the Lord taught and became herself. Spirit, the church became what she was meant to be. It was as if the apostles on that day put on uh, these spiritual earphones that played the songs of the angels. Suddenly they were filled with courage, directness of speech about the Lord Jesus Christ. They remembered who it was they were instead of being afraid. And at any time, a draft of the Holy Spirit can fill our hearts and we too can become bold in our hope, plain in our speech, ambassadors for Christ's reconciliation, secure in our knowledge of ourselves as children of God. So let us learn to pray, Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful. Remind us of everything that our Lord Jesus Christ taught, that we may, like the apostles, be convincing witnesses of your love.